Moscow authorities say the poverty level for people living in the capital is currently equal to 15,786 rubles. That's about $255 per month. It's a measure of the minimum income required to live in Moscow and is about 3,000 rubles higher than in other Russian regions. The only city with a minimum income level higher than in the capital is Hantimansisk in Siberia. The northern ticket hall of the Spartivne metro station on the red line has reopened after refurbishment two days earlier than planned. Subway officials say workers mended the floor around the escalators. Now both ticket halls of the station are fully operational. The euro has added 35 kopecks against the ruble, with the dollar adding 3. The official exchange rate for Thursday for a dollar is 62.01 rubles. One euro will cost 72.86. Weather forecasters say things are going to warm up in Moscow at the weekend. Daytime temperatures for Saturday are expected to be around 20 degrees Celsius, which is normal for early June. However, occasional showers are expected at the end of the extended working week. And finally, Moscow authorities say 27 new hotels have become operational in the capital since the beginning of the year for the Football World Cup, which is around the corner. Nine of them opened last month. Officials say 49 inns will be built in the city by 2020. Let's now check the weather in some of the host cities of the World Cup in Russia. 14 degrees Celsius in Yekaterinburg, 20 in Sochi, 9 in St. Petersburg. Partly cloudy, occasional showers, and up to 16 degrees Celsius are expected in Moscow tomorrow. That's about 60 Fahrenheit. Rated 3 out of 10 on Moscow's roads, that's according to our interactive map. Driving time to the Maidedeva airport from the city center is around 75 minutes and about an hour to get back into central Moscow. You'll spend around 70 minutes on your way to and from Trimitiva. And driving time to Vnukova airport is about 50 minutes each way. That's all from me this hour, Dmitry Shulga in the studio. Bye for now. Moscow. With Alan Moore.
that that is Natalia Orero or Natalia Ordinario (laughs) even what the hell is that I mean, that's just, that is just god-awful. I'm sorry, Kat, well, what do you reckon? What, what do you mean? Well, she just sang something in Russian. I'm well impressed. She sang it in Portuguese and in English as well. That's the theme song for the World Cup, but I would rather just run a pencil. My pen here beside me, I'd rather put it through my ear right now. I and know. listen to that again. It's terrible. It's really bad. The What's going on with the World Cup this year? The woman used to be big. Well, as a nod in size, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe she is now. We don't know. She might have, like, had some cakes or something. I don't know. But she was wild angel, you were talking about. As a teenager, you were... I know. We, were, we were all crazy about her. That was about, like, 20 years ago or something. Yeah. When we were all kids and, and knew nothing, pretty much. I mean, no, the, the, I mean, the, it was like she's 41 now. She's from Uruguay. So she could still get her game, actually, for the Uruguay national team, like, you know. What? How old is she now? 41. 41. Yeah, I know. Is she? Oh, I thought she was older. There yeah, we go. She She's alright. She was extremely popular in Russia yeah. 20 years ago or something. That was Ala Pugachova, but that's not saying much. Okay, right. <laughs> right. It is Wednesday, June the 6th, uh, 2018. We have just over a week. We have one week. Dima, thank you very much for your comment. And you'll be back in, I know, for the news. And uh, I know, it's, it, by the way, just in case listeners are wondering, it is plus 18 in Dublin right now. It is a heat wave. It's a heat wave right now, so it's just, um, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, right, so just eight days left until the start of the biggest event in history. This is Capital Sports Live and Out from the Anchor Aberration Tower in Moscow City. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful location we have here in our outdoor studio or our outside studio. Next to me, I have the wonderful and vivacious DJ Kat Kenner. Who oh, was, hello there. Yeah, I know, brilliant. <laughs> I mean, no, she, when I came into the studio, she said, Alan, you smell very well. And I've, I've now spent the last hour thinking, do I normally smell bad? Yeah, that was. I, I know we smell bad. Okay, right, that's it. I'm no longer your friend. But she's. I, no, I would normally no, say don't. she's pushing all the right buttons, but uh, well, she's pushing the wrong buttons right now. So okay. So listen, we. Have, I am definitely pushing some buttons right now. We're, we're going to find out in a second whether right. they're the right ones. Hopefully, fingers crossed. So listen, we have an absolutely massive show as always lined up tonight. It is truly amazing, and as Donald Trump would say, that is fact. It's not fake news. We have the best of everything. We have amazing football, rugby, tennis, and basketball, and interviews that you've only dreamt of it is truly brilliant amazing okay we're going to review Russia's team for the World Cup which was announced over the weekend um, and yeah, we have a few issues with some of the players who have been selected and some have, who have been left out uh, joining us in a little bit uh, just in yeah, less than a minute we will have John Brady, the top Russian expert football Russian, Russian football expert even in England and uh, of course the top man in Britain for Russian football will be here within the studio. That is Russia Today's Andy McLean. Uh, that's in just a little bit as well. Uh, we will also have uh, Peter Staunton of Gold.com. He's the chief editor of Gold.com. He'll be joining us in the second segment. And coming in to the studio, of course, we'll have Peter P to have a look at the US sports. And we will have the executive director from Lokomotiv Moscow, Champions of Russia, of course, and our partners. He will be here with us as well to have a chat at the end of this first segment. So, first, we're going to go right away, right away, all the way to... Um, it's not the Kennington Oval, but it is a cricket match or a cricket arena. So, uh, Mr. John Bradley, how are you doing? Hey, John. Hi, Paul. Great. Listen, John. We listen, John. I know. I know. It's 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 a bit uncouth to be speaking out around uh, like the game of cricket. But if you can speak up just a little bit, it'll be perfect. So, uh, listen. What's the score right now? What's the score right now with you guys? We're about seventy-five for seventy-five for one, something like that. So we're doing all right. It's. Uh, over 40 tonight. It's about 25 degrees tonight. We're in Macclesfield, which is about 10 miles from Manchester. So, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's glorious weather for here. 
That is a heat. That is heat wave. Because as you know, like over in Dublin right now, I just said it's like it's plus eighteen, and I see people going to the beach in bikinis, and that's just the men. So it's just pre- <laughs> it's pretty good weather. Listen, we're going to kick straight off. Um, Team England. Team England, the English national team. Now, I, I, I am tipping them to go at least the semi-finals. What do you reckon of the makeup? I mean, do 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 they have a chance? Well, I think that Gareth Southgate has been bold. He, you know, he's picked a, a young squad, an exciting squad, with players who who can certainly inflict damage on on the opposition. Uh, how far will they get? You do fancy them to get out of the group stage, don't you? Because they're, they're like Russia; they're in a weak group, and they should get through the group stage. So it just depends on, on who they face from there. Obviously, quarter-final-wise, they're likely to face Germany or Brazil, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and I would certainly have my money on either of them against England. Well, that's if, that's if Brazil get past Mexico, because I've been you know, looking. I mean, Mexico have a good chance to meet Brazil in, in, the, in the second round, in the first knockout round. And I mean, Mexico will never make it easy for, for Brazil. So would you fancy England against Mexico? You probably would, wouldn't you? Um, given the players available for Mexico, I, I just I just watched Brazil at Anfield on on Sunday, um, and they're more of a team this year, I think, than they've ever looked before. And I don't, you know, I don't see them having any problems getting to the last eight. You know, I, I, don't, I couldn't see Mexico upsetting them at all. Okay, that's okay. That's that's fair enough. There's a few Mexicans who will disagree, but I'll let you deal with them yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so listen, but uh, you know, John, with with some of the the, the selections uh, that are like left in and out, um, would you have brought anybody else with you? Would, would like you're trying to the, the Liverpool boys that should be there? Maybe that could have been included. I, th- I think obviously the big call was putting Trent Alexander Arnold in, and, and given his performances in the second half of the season, and the fact that he can attack really well down that right-hand side. He fits into a 3-5-2, doesn't he, that, that Gareth Southgate wants to play. Obviously, I think Adam Lallana and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain would have been in the squad, but for injury as well. But, of course, Lallana's return wasn't quite in time to get him fit, and poor Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain suffered that horrific knee injury, didn't he? So, yeah. you know, there's two players who would have been in the squad there. It is, uh, tomorrow night, of course, England are kicking off. Uh, I think it's at eight o'clock your time uh, against Costa Rica. Now that's that, that's uh, that's going to be a, a good match. Costa Rica coming in you know, with uh, two wins in the last five. Uh, England and beaten, of course, in the last five matches with uh, two wins in there. Do you think is it a good test before the the, the boys arrive in St. Petersburg? Do you know I've I've been looking a lot through the, the warm up games, um, and you look at who teams are playing and. You know, they seem to play teams from a similar area in the world to teams they're going to face in the tournament. So whether England think that, that Panama are going to be like Costa Rica or something like that, the one thing we can guarantee, Al, is that it will be a better game than when they played in the World Cup in 2014. Well, that's, that, that's finger crossed for that, of course, John. Now, John, of course, you are an expert on Russian football. You cover Rus- Russian football, you, you commentate on it. Um, what what did you reckon with the season just gone past? Because we, we will have very, very shortly Alexei Kurichek, the executive director for Lokomotiv in the studio with us. So what do you reckon? Mm. Were, were Lokomotiv were they deserving winners? Absolutely. I thought Lokomotiv certainly took hold of, uh, you know, they, they, they just grasped the championship themselves. I thought Zenit at the start of the season looked fantastic. And then you could see the little rifts in the camp start to develop. And I personally thought Mancini tried to almost Italianize the players and get them to play the way he wanted rather than thinking of, of the way they are as players, you know, the Argentinians, 
and the Russians in particular, and, and letting them express themselves. He tried to turn them into robots, and that's where their season fell apart. Um, I think Lokomotiv had great spirit. I think, obviously, the Miranchuk twins have developed and progressed so well. Manu Fernandez looks as though he's found a spiritual home there. Jefferson Farfan, inspirational signing. And just the final piece of the jigsaw, and obviously with, with what Siomin did, you know, you, you, I just take my hat off to, to him because to come back in and to win the cup and then win the title, just like he's done, just a phenomenal effort, really. And, and you've just got to give him so much credit. Listen, that's great to hear. And of course, the fans were coming back as well. And I mean, we're going to discuss that later on with Alexei because uh, Lokomotiv put a lot of money into marketing and getting the, the, the crowds, uh, you know, filing through the, the turnstile, shall we say. Um, John, in your experience in Russian football, because you've covered and you've seen like pretty much empty stadiums. And of course, you're coming from Liverpool, which is, you know, the, you know always like, you know, packed houses. How important is getting the crowd in to, to, you know, to, to, to push the team along? I think that, you know, we've seen those signs, haven't we, in the last couple of years. Football without fans is nothing. And it does leave you feeling empty. The amount of times we've watched games at the Arena Himki, and, you know, it's been half full, it's been a quarter full, and it's soul-destroying. And, and you're trying to sell a product to the world and show people that Russian football is getting better, it's improving. Uh, technically, the standard has got better. The players have actually improved as well. But... People don't want to watch football in, in quarter-full stadiums and football backwaters and things. So it's really important that the likes of, of Spartak and Siska and Lokomotiv and Zenit, you know, in these big stadiums, have got big crowds because that's what makes people watch football. No, that's spot on. I mean, we, we saw it even at the end of the season when the, the Erzha Day arena was absolutely rocking. And I mean, it started off the season with, with Spartak and Lokomotiv. Of course, Spartak win the Super Cup and the place was packed. End of the season with uh, Lokomotiv beating Zenit and the place was packed. Um, John, just moving very, very quickly on. Uh, Team Russia, what do you reckon? I mean, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're in a, not an easy group. They're, there's a lot of questions over Chichezov and his tactics. And, you know, one, one shot on goal in 180 minutes in the last two uh, uh, mm -hmm. friendly games. You know, should should we be closing our eyes to avoid the car crash, or what do you reckon? Uh, you know, we've just said that technically it's getting better, and 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 I will say now that that Alexander Golovin is a player who could play in a top four team in England or a top team in Germany or a, or a good team in Spain. He's that talented, and this is going to be his breakout World Cup where he'll, he hopefully will get a move off the back of it. I think the Mir and Chuck twins are really exciting really technically good quality players who could shine but you've got a coach who's too stubborn and if you remember we've, we've been through this Capello's team were too negative yeah. Slutsky's team was a little negative at yeah. time as well and now Churchisov is the same and, and as for his own stubbornness for me Igor Denisov is the best Russian midfielder of the season just gone and to keep this you know this argument between the two that's been going on for four years um, you know it's just unnecessary, really. Denisov should have been involved. And for me as well, Denis Glushakov should yeah. be in the squad. I know he's not had the greatest season. Well, but still, he's a leader. And as a player, he's a leader as well, isn't he? Yeah, he is a, he, he's a boss. Denisov, you know, Denisov you know, drove Lokomotiv forward at the end of the season, you know, won the league with them, and then he's... But, I mean, that's there's lots of behind-the-scenes, John. We've discussed it here, and we'll discuss it again. Listen, very, very quickly, uh, before we go away... Uh, Karius's head injury that we saw was like, well, we believe it was inflicted by Sergio Ramos. Caught a bit of like a, a bit of a Twitter storm. What do you reckon? I mean, a lot of people were belittling it, saying just he was a he he played bad and so on. Do you think that the the knock on the head had something to to do with it? I am not going to doubt 
the honesty and you know statements made by two neurologists from a hospital. There's no doubt that he got smacked in the head by by Ramos. I didn't feel that Ramos needed to do that. I thought it was a bit of a cheap shot, personally. Um, only those physicians, only Loris Caris will know, you know how bad it how bad it was and how how much it affected him. But for it to happen two minutes, you know, the first goal to happen two minutes after the bang on the head, and it was a considerable bang on the head again. Yeah. And it was it was on the temple as well. I mean, think, there's no. There's no reason why neurologists would put their names to something, you know, and put their credibility and their honesty in doubt no. without, you know, without something being there. No, I mean, that's, that you're, you're bang on. Listen, John, thank you so, so much. And uh, look, we're going to get John during the World Cup as well. Good luck this evening. Enjoy that lovely weather. And uh, thank you again for your time. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you soon, Paul. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. Okay, that was John Bradley. And I, I should give a shout-out for Iconic. We're going to tweet it out, and we're going to put it out on social media as well. A uh, uh, brilliant, brilliant uh, uh, movement and business that uh, John's involved in. I mean, he's a great guy and always has time for us as well, and a, and a great supporter of Russian football. Uh, very quickly, I'm going to bring in uh, our first two guests uh, at the same time, and then we'll have a chat with him in a second segment. But right now, um, we're just going to say hello to Andy McLean from Russia today. Very good evening to you, Alan. And to Isis Kirchek of FC Lokomotiv Moscow. Uh, good evening, guys. So, we had some very positive words about Lokomotiv Moscow. You're happy, Alex? Yeah. You're smiling. Yeah, it's, it was an amazing season for us. Exactly. It's great to hear that as well. So, okay, before we, we go out, because we, we do have a, a quiz on tonight, we have two pairs of tickets to give away to the Champ Talks on uh, the 21st of June, which is at the Centre of Tomlinson Jewish Museum. This is going to be a super, super, not just World Cup theme, but some really superstars of... Uh, well, not just Russian football, but football in general. Plus, as well, we will have uh, Peter Staunton will be there, who will be speaking in the next segment. So, the question is this. Which city is a host city for the World Cup? Is it A, Voronezh, B, Samara, or C, Ulyanos? Now, one of them we're going to speak about just in the second segment where I was this past weekend, uh, Voronezh. So, is it which is a host city for the FIFA 2018 World Cup here in Russia? Is it A, Voronezh, B, Samara, or C, Ulyanos? Two pairs of tickets to give away to the Champ Talks. That could lose your food and drink for the evening as well. So, two very good VIP uh, gifts to win. You will have to message us in on plus seven nine two five one 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 zero five three. Alex A and Andy, if you start, <laughs> got to, we'll have to can't be to confiscate, confiscate their phones. So, um, change my number. Change his number exactly. <laughs> that has happened to you. Yeah, I, I have been stung like that before. So, okay. Um, Catfishing me. Okay. So, uh, right, we're going to go out to the break. So, message us in plus seven ninety five one 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 zero five three. Also, get us on Viber with your uh, correct answer. Now, the first song, of course, we always have good songs we play out with. The very, very first song we're going to play out with um, is something that, you know, it, it was played along in 2014, especially for the Brazil World Cup. It was played for a lot of, like, um, I'd say, um, well, promos for it and on TV and so on. Uh, and it's kind of, you know, I, I heard it in Voronezh, even this weekend, we're in, a, in the pub where I used to work, and it was just amazing to hear it uh, four years later. This is, uh, the hu- this, is the, this is the humans. This is the killers, and the song is Human. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. I did my best to notice when the call came down the line. Up to the platform of surrender, I was brought, but I was kind. And sometimes I get nervous when I see an open door. Close your eyes, clear your heart. 
We are back live from the Ankenabrajan Tower here in the beautiful Moscow city. Um, just a quick update on scores right now because today there were a couple of, uh, a number of friendlies. Belarusia drew 1 1, or actually they're level 1 1 with uh, Hungary, that's in Belarusia. Norway are leading Panama 1 0, of course, Panama will be here very, very shortly, so they're 1 0. Then the Czech Republic beat Nigeria 1 0. That was, as Andy McLean told me, that's a full strength Nigeria team. They lost, of course, against uh, to a single goal in the first half against 
Czech Republic. Zambia, they have beaten Madagascar. Yes, Madagascar. We're going to play a related song at the end of the segment to that. Uh, and later on this evening, of course, uh, Lesotho actually kicking off quite soon. Lesotho are playing Zimbabwe. Yes. Yeah, everyone's looking at me for that. And, of course, Belgium and Egypt, two teams are going to be here. Uh, they are playing a friendly, and that's kicking off at 9.45 Moscow time. So, uh, just quickly back, just before we come back, um, Igor Denisov, does he deserve to go to the World Cup, Alexei? I think yes. Yeah? That's it. Andy? Yeah? I would take him just for the fact that he is a leader, and we were discussing earlier that you need someone in the middle of the park when things are going badly, not going your way. You're not getting the break of it just to G up the players. So I, I'd have taken him just for that. Yeah, that's that. That does. I mean, because I mean, he was he was sensational this season. I mean, Lokomotiv. I mean, there, there was a time at the end of the season when we all knew it. We were all kind of a bit. You know, not not. I was upset. I was just covering the matches, but it was kind of that depression was setting in. But he was one of the players who just kept fighting and turning it around. So him and the two Moranchik brothers, I mean, they would cause havoc, wouldn't they, for Russia? Um, you know, I mean, the Tigers Denisov signed our contract with Lokomotiv two years ago, and uh, all these two years he fights for Lokomotiv, uh, for the club, for the football, and uh, of course with his big involvement, we won the Russian Cup last year. And, the title of uh, this season. Yeah, I mean that 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 is a, that is a fact. Um, so okay, and he's the captain now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's captain. Like I mean, when because when Charluca went out at the end of last season, he stepped up and picked up the mantle and drove the team forward. So also one one thing Andy and I were discussing before we came into the studio was uh, Guillerme. Should Guillerme be there, Guillerme? Uh, I think yes. Yeah, he deserves a place to be on the national team at least third, of course. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think Akinfayev has long since lost his little bit of an edge. Um, but that's just that's my opinion. But um, I, would, I would have had, uh, no, Marinato as the number, well, number two or maybe three. You know, and my son definitely thinks he's, he's the best in the world. He's, oh, Guillermo is his favorite player. But anyway. Um, I know him 10 years, so he's a really good guy. Yeah, he's good. And, he, and he's, he, like, he, he loves the club. He loves Russia as well. Yeah, he's a Russian citizen, so... Yeah, he's one. He, well, he's not one of us. He's not. He's one of you. So, yeah, okay. So, quickly, quickly, before we go to Peter Sonton of Gold dot com, uh, that quiz question again. We have had some correct answers in so far. So, uh, which of these three is a host city for the two thousand eighteen World Cup here in Russia? Of course, is it A. Voronezh, beautiful Voronezh? It is. Is, is it B. Samara, which is on the Volga, or is it C. Ulyanovsk, which is also on the Volga? Okay, uh, we're going straight away to the editor for Gold dot com, uh, an Irishman like myself. And a friend of Andy's, or well, at least Andy says he's a friend of his, so uh, we'll find out very, very shortly. Peter Staunton, how are you doing? I don't know that man at all, Alan. Really? Oh, well, I hear because he, <laughs> he, make, he makes these outrageous claims, you know. Last time I meet you at the Metro stop, Peter. <laughs> You're on your own, Peter. You're on your own, I'm telling you. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you for a coffee or for a pint, but uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Andy. Um, listen, straight into it, Peter. Um, how is the World Cup being perceived right now, the build-up to it? How is it being perceived outside of uh, Russia, in the, in the UK? Well, today we, we had more of the sort of racism, anti-Russia stuff come up with, with, with Danny Rose, uh, the England left-back, who said that he would be reluctant uh, to ask his family to travel to Russia because of uh, the threats of, of racist abuse that, that they might face uh, there. So that seems to be dominating the cycle again, just in the last few hours. But prior to that, I think people were beginning to calm down a little bit and uh, get them ready for the tournament proper, get ready for the football. 
Well, I mean, it is. I mean, this is something that we've discussed it very, very openly. We discussed it with Alexis Merton, of course, who is the ambassador uh, for FIFA and for the Russian Football Union to fight against discrimination. You know, there are issues here, but they have been. While there has been a rise in reported incidents, it's because they're being reported and being, you know, clubs being fined and so on. Um, do you think it's fair that, like, that the media are starting to focus on this um, right now? Look, I, I think every country in Europe uh, has a problem with racism, and that doesn't mean that every country is racist. It means that there's, there's uh, an unsavory element everywhere that needs to be overcome. And in that regard, I don't think Russia is any different. Than, than any other country in Europe. I mean, England are playing in Leeds tomorrow night. And earlier on this week, there was a mosque and a Sikh temple burnt down. And somebody's been arrested for it. So, But you won't hear much of that. Just like you won't hear much about, you know, the racist abuse in Italy. Uh, players having to walk off the field, been booed, monkey noises, that kind of thing. Those things don't seem to get strung together for other countries in the same way that they do for Russia, where it seems to be sort of a... I guess uh, well, a definite anti-Russian bias within the media, but uh, the benefit of the doubt is not given to other countries. Well, now listen. Sorry, sorry, it is given to other countries, but it's not given to Russia. That's what I was going to say. It's not. It's, it's not. But like, we had to be careful because I was accused uh, on Sunday of um, because we had the Frankie Goes to Russia program was on. Of course, Frankie Boyle, and he's here with us in the, the Capitol Studio and at Lokomotiv Moscow as well, mm-hmm. and uh, out at our, uh, our our college as well with our Russian State Social University College. And there was a point where he and I were sitting in the bar discussing issues around Russia and the views of Russia. And someone pointed up like, okay, you've got an Irishman, a Scotchman walk into an Irish bar in Moscow. What are they going to speak with? They're going to slag off England. So, of course, you're Irish, but <laughs> you're not slagging off England. You're actually just pointing out like a fairly f- like, fair fact that, I mean, there's issues everywhere, but Russia seems to be bearing the brunt of it at the moment. Yeah, I and mean, look, I, I was talking to some of the guys, uh, Sasha, from, from the, uh, the Russian anti-discrimination network last year, for example, and, and the, the focus that comes on these issues within Russia could end up being a positive, because it gives them sort of a, an opportunity uh, to learn about these things and to address them at a warp speed, whereas, you know, it kind of brings everybody into the standards that of behaviour in stadiums and uh, just general football discourse that are to be you know, expected in the modern world. So it kind of gets people up to speed and, and whatever way you can educate uh, people, you know, it's always going to be a positive. But that, just goes, that goes for every other country in, in Europe, not just Russia. That's bang on. It's like very, very well pointed. Listen, I'm, going to, I'm going to just move it across to Andy just a second. Uh, first, I'm just going to say, now, you've been here, of course, before. Uh, you're coming here next week. Um, what are you expecting from this World Cup? And uh, what, what do you reckon? Like, who's going to be the, the kind of like the, the breakout team of the 2018 World Cup? I think there's a big gap between the teams perceived to be the favourites. And I've got four teams down for that. So I would have Germany, Brazil, France and Spain. I think they're way out in front. And then beyond that, I think you're looking at outsiders from a group including England, Colombia, Belgium, uh, Argentina perhaps, if they can get their stuff together. Uh, But beyond that, it really could be a lottery. Uh, You know, a run of form in the group stage, a a goal scorer getting a few goals and getting his confidence up and running, maybe from a team like Egypt. Uh, you know, and then it's kind of open for anybody to make a run to the quarterfinal. 
this but uh, beyond those four, I think those are going to be as the semi final. This feels like that scene from uh, Mike Bassett where Pele's been interviewed, and uh, you're, you're a Pele, of course, and he's been interviewed, and he's like, okay, who do you reckon could uh, win the World Cup? And he goes through all the different teams all the way down, and then he goes, <laughs> and then he goes what about England? Yeah, England are here, so this is. <laughs> so I, I'm, of course, speaking about Russia. Uh, listen, Andy has a question for you, he's going to throw one over to you. Yeah, Peter, who. And uh, when, when you're over here, is there is, is there something specific that you're looking forward to? I mean, obviously, it's your second time you were here for the Confederations Cup. What's exciting you most about this tournament? Uh, well, I think a broader spread of teams than we had at the Confederations Cup. Obviously, it was good to see uh, Russia capable of hosting uh, an international tournament like the Confederations Cup last year, playing host to teams like Chile and Germany. But I'm looking forward to sort of the party atmosphere descending. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the videos of the Peruvian fans, for example, making their way across the world already, and they're going to descend in huge numbers. And I'm just looking forward to sort of the party atmosphere that's going to uh, manifest itself in all the different whole cities. It should be great. Brilliant. Listen, uh, just just uh, while why you're on the line, Peter, because just before we let you go, we have, of course, Alexei Kirchek, who is the executive director of uh, Lokomotiv Moscow. Do you have anything you want to ask him? Do you want to congratulate him for winning the league? I'll congratulate him for winning the league. And uh, I actually had that trophy uh, in my sight in the television offices a few weeks ago when I was visiting Andy. So uh, it was a thrill, uh, you know, to be so close. And uh, and I extend my congratulations to Lokomotiv. Uh, thank you very much, Peter. Uh, I think you were in uh, you were in the Russia Today studios. I think uh, President Ilya Gurkus was in Russia Today as well. He gave interviews uh, in Russia Today. That's right. Same day. Listen, what, what, what do you reckon? I mean, like, you've been, of course, following Russian football. I mean, um, what, what do you reckon with the, the standards of the league that you've seen as it's developed in the last couple of years? Well, in terms of overseas players, I think uh, the prominence of the overseas players has decreased maybe, you know, since 2014, I suppose. Uh, but, you know, what, what, what it needs is another, I suppose, uh, good generation of Russian players to come through the same way that that Zenit team got Russia through some hairy moments around 2008. And I think if they can establish, maybe at this tournament, if they can establish that new generation to come through together, uh, you know, and maybe if they're all going to feature from one club or another, uh, just to give one club that prominence in Europe, then, then, you know, maybe the people will look at these Russian clubs again and say, well, there's a good standard of football there. Okay, listen, let's fingers crossed. And fingers crossed to be the locomotive as well. And if uh, maybe Igor Dinisov will get a call up later on. So, okay, Peter, thank, uh, thank you so, so much for your time. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day in lovely Leeds. And uh, we'll see you here next week. Thank you. Looking forward to it, guys. Okay, thanks. Well, that was Peter Sorton, of course, the editor for gold.com. So, lots of compliments for locomotive today. Everyone's very, very positive for locomotive Moscow. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> you're just like beaming happiness. Yeah? Uh, okay, so uh, we are going to go out to uh, a song and of course to a break. We'll come up after break. We will have uh, the US Sports Roundup with Peter P. Uh, before we do, uh, that question again. So plus seven, 95, for, uh, there's two pairs of tickets to win to the Champ Talks Expo Extravaganza, which is on uh, June 21st. Uh, so which is a host city for the 2018 World Cup? Is it A, Voronezh, B, Samara, or C, is it Ulyanovsk? It's still 1-1 in Belarusia between Belarusia and Hungary. It is 1-0 still with 
Uh, well, 15 minutes to go between Norway and uh, Panama. Right, the song we're going to go to is, rel- rel- <laughs> it is linked to Madagascar. It's from the, the movie, but it's an old, old one, but a good one. And it's one of those ones that when you hear it in the football stadium, you're going to start to you know, move yourself. And of course, Kat was dancing away to a little bit earlier on. Right, Kat? Yes, always. Exactly. That's my jam, that this, song. This is what she said. This is my jam. So this is a girl from the 90s. Okay, uh, right. <laughs> we are going to get very, very real with real to real, and I like to move it. With Alan Moore. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it.
move it. Yeah, like the move it. With Alan Moore. We are back for the last segment of Capital Sports here from the beautiful Enka Navarrosian Tower. And uh, I'm just looking up, it is plus 13 right now in Moscow. It's still around plus 16 in Dublin, and hopefully tomorrow will be a little bit warmer here. It is warming up a little bit on the phone lines because, uh, of course, I'll give you that quiz question for one last time. Plus 7925 to win a pair of uh, exclusive VIP tickets to Champ Talks on June 21st. Uh, but we already have a comment. Uh, oh, sorry. The question first. Oh, sorry. The question first. Uh, which is which is a World Cup host city? Is it A. Voronezh, B. Samara, or C. Ulianos? But Kat, we have a comment on the song, the Natalia Ordinario song. Yeah, you got to stop calling her that, poor no, woman. She's like, okay, less than ordinary. Okay, I'm go going to tell her. You know, I'm going to okay, find go her contact number. Anyway, there is there is an opinion about this one. Okay. Alan, the song sucks. I'm sorry, Natalia. That's not me. That's Sergey. <laughs> okay, you see, it's the first time I heard it, and it's awful. There we're we the go. Only one, we're the only there we go. Honest, honest radio show. In the it's world. because you never watched Wild Angel. That's why. I don't. There you I, go. Wild Angel. I'm going to send you the link. Seriously. All right, I'll watch it. <laughs> well, it's a, it's, a, it's a holiday weekend here this weekend, so I have some time so from work. Right now, we are going to go straight away. We have Peter P. and Chido, and we're going to go straight away to have a little chat about U.S. sports because two of the major league sports, uh, of course, that is uh, NHL, ice hockey, the Stanley Cup finals are on, and the NBA finals are on as well. So, Peter, what's been happening in Stateside in the NBA, first of all? Hey, Alan. So, uh, game one, uh, two, two strong teams met. Uh, they were equal, but Golden State had the upper hand. Uh, they they won in the overtime, and the score was uh, 124 to 114, I believe. Okay, and I mean, of course, that was the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland yeah. Cavaliers. Um, now, of course, LeBron, LeBron James has dragged has dragged Cleveland to the finals. Uh, how many points did he get in that game, the first game? Uh, I believe... Uh, 51, 51, 51 points, points. Yeah. Okay, I know Steph Curry, he scored 29 at least in that. Uh, okay, so one game down. So game one is done and dusted. Uh, did game two get any better for LeBron and his gang? I mean, like, not quite. The Warriors won the game, but uh, don't don't give up quite yet because okay. Cavs, Cavs will be playing uh, in, at home at Cleveland. And they're known for their comebacks because uh, they, they, ba- they came back from a 3-1 uh, game with uh, Boston. So I'm assuming they will come back. So don't give up your hope yet. So they have they had the next two games at home. Is that correct? In yes, Cleveland, yes, the next two yes, games at home. Yep. Okay. Uh, so all right. So they're playing tonight or the earlier tomorrow morning. And uh, Golden State they are leading two nil. So listen, anything notable, anything interesting happening so far in this uh, series? I mean, LeBron, of course. Like he he has like twenty. He, he scored twenty nine points. Has thirteen assists, nine rebound rebounds. But of course, my favorite player of the game was uh, Stephen Curry. He scored nine uh, three-pointers. That's, that's crazy. Nine free throws, and that was Pointer, a record. Three-pointers. Three-pointers. Yeah. Nine free throws, good, that's easy. Well, I mean, it's easy unless you're Shaq. Shaq could not shoot a free throw. Yeah. But um, that that's a finals record, correct? Yeah, it, it is, it is, it is. So, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I think it's a record. Um, I'm not sure, but I think that's, that's like a, a record. A record in the finals. Okay, so I know they did one that one, one twenty two, one oh three. So okay, so it's it's a it's a it's a it's a big big rival between these two. It's the fourth time they've met in the last uh, four seasons, of course. Um, the Warriors are leading two one. So they really they hate each other. I, I believe, yeah, I believe there's. Uh, <laughs> 
some some hate 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 love hate relationship between them. So of course they're leading. Okay, the Warriors have have won two of the last four. Cavaliers have won one. Do you reckon? Do you reckon? Will it be three one to Golden State? Like, I hope not. Like, I, I hope Cleveland uh, wins wins this one. I know you're a big LeBron fan. Yeah. So okay, uh, okay. And just before you go uh, off air, before uh, earlier on today, you were mentioned with the Stanley Cup. So some good news for Russia in that. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, our very own Alexander Ovechkin. Uh, he is. Um, they're a three-one game. Uh, Washington Capitals uh, versus uh, the the Knights. The the Las Vegas, Vegas Knights. Yeah, the new yeah. team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they're and they're winning. So uh, I, I I think I think they got it. Honestly, I think we're gonna we're gonna win this one. They're three-one ahead in the series. Yeah. Um, but there is another Russian as well. Uh, yeah, you're getting, uh, you're getting now, I do remember, I did see him many, many years ago when he was playing for Tractor Charlie Vince. Uh, so, okay, so you reckon that Cleveland are going to come back? Yes. And that uh, the, the Capitals, Capitals will win, yes. The Capitals will win, okay. He's quite good with, with bets because he did say that, <laughs> Andy, just keep a notice because he did, yeah, he did notice, he did note that they would actually win last week. Okay, Peter P, you'll be back with us next week. Thank you Thank very, you. very much yep. for that. Okay, uh, guys, we are going now to have a little bit of chat about football as well. So we were speaking earlier on about the Russian national team and uh, Denisov, uh, of course, not being big and Guillermo as well. Um, are there any other players, uh, Alexei, that you think should be in the Russian national team? I think now we need to stop about uh, what uh, players can be in our national team because now we have a national team, we have a coach and uh, we need to support our team and... Uh, Honor the decision of our coach and believe in our team. Okay, okay, <laughs> that's so. Okay. Now we just need trust. Okay, and where do you reckon? How how far do you think Russia will go? Will he get out of the group? I believe in our team, so I I hope we will be next round, and then it will depend on the next uh, team we have to play. That's true. That's true. Andy, what do you reckon? I mean, like you, Russia getting out of the group? I can't see it myself. No, I think. We were saying earlier, I think if, you, if you, the Uruguay game had been first up as a warm-up, you lose that. Maybe it's not such a big one, but if you slip up against Saudi Arabia, everyone's heads are going to go down. And the, the big worry for me is, is legs. Uh, a lot of them have had very, very long seasons. Spartak, Lokomotiv have all been involved in Europe. Zenit, Smornikov, the, the back four's legs against the Saudi Saudi pace man up front who I think scored 20, uh, 28 goals in the 38 internationals. Yeah. Al Mohawad. Yeah, well, he, um, he's been knocking those in. Now, in all fairness, he's been knocking them in these kind of weaker teams and that. But still, it doesn't matter. You, you, you say you, that. You they have finished to score above goals. Australia. They That's beat, true. beat That's Japan true. to qualify. Yeah. Didn't have to do a playoff. They're, 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 there's, there's a few players within that, that that look dangerous. Of course, Saudi, I think Saudi are playing on uh, Sunday, aren't they? They're playing on Sunday evening. I, yeah, I think in, in might a be final right. world game. So, yeah, oh no, sorry, excuse me. They're playing Germany. Actually, they're playing Germany on uh, Friday, Friday night. I mean, no, that that is true. I mean, who do you reckon, uh, Alexei? Who who will be the standout player? Who will be the the Russian player you you think? Apart from okay, not a Lokomotiv player, not a Moranchuk. Who do you think that foreign clubs are going to be just wanting to sign up? Uh, I don't know what uh, can be a player. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know what can be a player, but I think uh, it would be some player. Do you, know. you reckon Golovin, maybe? Uh, I hope. I hope that it will be some of new players who will be uh, going next level. 
Okay. Because, I mean, I think it was uh, John has said that uh, Golovin should make the next level. Who do you reckon, Andy? Who, who should be the breakout player from this Russian team? I hope for Russia's sake that it's uh, young Kutupov at the back for Spartak because I think he needs to have a massive tournament if they're going to progress. Um, so I, Elsewhere, I'd like to think that uh, Fernandez would play right back over Smolnikov, but, but I'd, I'd be worried that he's maybe not as physical because uh, he, he's an exciting player for me. Um, and then, yeah, the obvious one's Golovin in the, in, in the centre of midfield. What about the Moranchuks? I mean, uh, not, we're not going to discuss transfers, but like, if someone came in to pay fifty million for the Moranchuk brothers together, would Lokomotiv be tempted to sell them? Um, you know, the guys are now in playing in Champions League, so for them, it would be the better to stay with our team because, uh, you know, the Champions League experience is a different one, and of course, it's better to stay in the home team. So that's true. I think they will stay with us. Okay. And that's why I'm not going to discuss what can be <laughs> an offer. <laughs> Even a hundred million for the two boys. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Let's move very quickly on. I don't want to get you into trouble because I, I can see Ilya Gurkos going, excuse me. <laughs> and, and Yuri Palish going, excuse me. Hold on, a hundred million? <laughs> okay. And you were going to jump in on that? I was saying agents switch off the radio now. Yeah. <laughs> well, 100 million, I mean, well, that's not going to happen. Okay, listen, what, one thing we did discuss there with uh, John Bradley was getting fans into grounds. Um, now, Andy, we, we've seen it this season with Lokomotiv, and you, you've seen the development of Russian football for many, many years when you're writing with Goal.com and commentating. Um, what have you seen, for example, just as, a, as a, a relative outsider, what have you seen that Lokomotiv are doing better, Andy? What are they doing? The... The stadium layout, uh, I remember going to a lot of the, the Champions League games um, at the Luzhniki a long time ago, even the knockouts against Sevilla and Inter, um, and the stadium was, was yeah, half full. Um, there, there, there were large segments of it that didn't build an atmosphere, and what Lokomotiv do have is a slightly smaller stadium and a very raucous uh, ultra fan base, which, which make big noise even when there's not many people there. And I think that will definitely go in their favour uh, when teams come over to Russia. Okay, I mean, Alexei, what are you, like, I mean, of course, you're very, very much into marketing. You understand marketing as well. Um, how important is that in developing sports in general, and especially here in Russia? Uh, you know, when I came back to Lokomotiv two years ago, so it was our first topic. We need to invest in marketing, you know, to bring people back because we bring people back and uh, all other guys, sponsors, uh, TV will go also back. So all teams has to change their uh, marketing efforts in, in order to to go to the next level because we compete for fans, we compete for the um, people who are looking for a new emotions, for a new entertainment. So that's why we need to to bring them the best standards in the emotional business. We are from the emotional business, so you know, like cinemas, like uh, theaters, and like big shows. So that's why we need to it's entertainment and. Entertainment for me now it's not even entertainment. It's like emotional business. Explain that to me. What what, what you mean? I by know, we, we, kind of like a rock concert. Right? Yeah, like you yeah, know, like our business is to deliver emotions to the people. Mm -hmm. So that's why for me it's more emotional business. <laughs> I, no, I did see men cry, so it does provoke some yeah, emotions. So, yeah. Sure. Well, but, we, especially uh, in of Russia, course, <laughs> of course, entertainment business. But I think entertainment business becoming bigger and bigger, and bigger. It's more about the people's uh, the feelings. Feelings. Yeah. Well, is that because if you look at Lokomotiv, they're a very kind of a unique club in that it is kind of very much a family club, like a kind of an old-time kind of English, Scottish, Irish club. Um, yeah, we have a legacy of ninety-five years, and 
soon we will celebrate 100 years and of course our link are very close to the railway company so our shareholders so we are their very legacy team so and especially you know that we have the first team who won the first uh, cup in the in a russian history so in, it was in 1964 so the cup is very, very important, of course. Um, I mean, okay, Andy, you, you, you've seen it, like, uh, so say, building up for the World Cup and, you know, uh, and so on. Like, what, what do you think? Has it been a bit of an impact, uh, a bit of a lift uh, this year with the World Cup coming up so close? Attendances have risen, by the way. Yeah, I think um, well, one of the things that really shocked me, actually, was um, in Volgograd and Yekaterinburg, uh, certainly Volgograd, which is quite a small city, and um, there was a real, real buzz about the place when the FIFA fan parks were opening up. And in Yekaterinburg, speaking to locals, um, people were, were just so excited about having other, uh, just just welcoming foreigners over. Um, and there was a real, a real feeling that something big was about to happen. And yes, yeah, very encouraging. I have to say that the, the, the World Cup. With the amount of people coming over, I think people will get a very good impression of Russia. They're a very welcoming, very uh, yeah, welcoming you, country. You, yeah, you just mentioned the Volgograd. Volgograd is a very famous city, and I think most of the people who are living in Volgograd, they still remember the matches against Manchester United. So for them, it would be like, Rotten, okay, yeah. now the world's football coming back to our city. I mean, that, but the world focus is coming back. I mean, and it is. I mean, unfortunately, with, it is a danger. Some of the cities like Saransk, okay, they've, they, they've won the... Or at Bavoski uh, division this year and so on, but is there a, a maybe an issue that some of these might be white elephants or stadiums that are not going to be used properly after World Cup? Uh, you know, it's a, it depends on the marketing. So if we s still continue to invest in marketing, of course, the stadiums will be crowded. And if you see, for example, the stadiums which are now served for the team who are playing in this uh, our national team uh, next league, so the lower league. So when you see the people are coming to the new stadium. So we just need to continue with the uh, promotion of matches and just to bring uh, the atmosphere to the stadiums. That's true. I mean, I've seen more fans going, say, for example, like uh, last summer we were there watching Volgoliansk against uh, Gazevik, Orenburg, with the Orenburg's reserve team. And there were six, 7,000 people in the stadium. And that's in the second division, so third tier. And again, it's marketing. They're getting out, actually, and bringing people in from the streets to watch the games. Yeah, just remember, then the stadium in Kaliningrad was open, so it was the first game at the new stadium for World Cup, and it was about, there were about uh, twenty five or 30,000 people in Kaliningrad. So. Same in Saransk as well. Saransk, Saransk as, as well, well. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it is possible, Andy. Free tickets, it's all about the match day experience. If you create a great match day experience, people come back. Yeah, match and, the experience. And this is the thing that I, we, we, we have noticed ourselves, and we discussed it earlier on in, it's actually, it was on Capital Sports, we, you and I discussed it at the stadium, is people coming, they want to come and they want to spend money and they want to enjoy it. And we, we compared it with Irish GAA sports that like people, you know, want to come and just watch. And against the emotion, it's the experience. So is that important for Lokomotiv to continue that on next year? Yeah, we're going to continue, of course. And what, what are you going to approve next year? What little secret can you tell us to... We're just now the playing of the next uh, season, so we are June. So we are, we are planning, and uh, I hope that we will bring new ideas to the market. Excellent. Listen, I'm looking forward to it, Andy. What do you reckon you're going to... I have to say, Locomotive this season, the, the experience outside the ground was much better than anything else. Everything that had been set up to, to, to entertain people before going into the stadium... Yeah, fingers crossed. I, I think if a few Russian clubs kick on, make some good signings, next season will be exciting. Excellent. Okay, that's good. 
Andrew McLean from Russia today. Thank you very much for your time this evening. Thank you. Excellent. Alexey Kirchek, the Executive Director for Lokman Team Moscow, and also, of course, a, a professor at the Olympic University in Sochi. I, I wanted to bring that in, but we'll bring it bring back <laughs> next you. next time. So thank you so, so much. Uh, okay, we have two winners for the answers. Uh, okay, so that answer, guys, was it Voronezh, was it Samara, or Ulyanovsk? Samara. Okay, thank God it's Samara. Okay, we got Are we right the two here. winners? <laughs> two no. winners, are, yeah. <laughs> no. Cat <laughs> filters. Like, there's a block here. Like, there's a... Like, in this little section, we will block out... The walls. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> we'll wait for you guys to, to try and trick us. So, um, okay. So, Kat, we have two winners, I believe. Yes, that's correct. So, we have... Irina and Victoria. Victoria and Irina, you will be contacted tomorrow. You will be joining us on June 21st as a VIP guest at the uh, Super Duper Champ Talks. It, you will really, really enjoy it. I promise you that. It's going to be well worth attending. Um, right, so we're going to... Kat, thank you very much for making sure everything went well. Oh, thank you. Brilliant. It was great. I enjoyed it. And I'm glad that I smell nice today rather than <laughs> usually I smell like God knows what. Yeah, so am I, yeah. As you in always glad. smell yeah. well. You always smell right. I'll pay you that compliment. No, as in glad. I am also glad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was great. So, okay, we another terrific show. Folks, next week we're going to start at the earlier time of 8 o'clock. We have a two-hour-long show, which, of course, is the day before the kickoff of the World Cup. Now, you need to listen to that because we have lots of foreign guests. We actually have some guests in again from Lokomotiv Moscow as well, um, some ex-players, and we have brilliant, brilliant lineup of guests and interviews for next week. So, of course, as always, the best news, views, previews, reviews and interviews on Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. We're going to go out with a song that uh, is already, well, it's from 1990, so it's, it's as old as me. Um, <laughs> and it's related to the 1990 World Cup when Ireland did so well uh, in Italian 90. This is one you're going to, this is, this is happening, okay? The weather's getting better here in Moscow, hopefully. And there's a storm of the way, but there's a storm of football and a lot of fun to be had in the next month and a half. So this is uh, the stunning Bring Up a Storm. We'll see you next week. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Oh